It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. How would you like a 15% discount to my daily email, the stack of stuff, the show notes, discounts to the conference, all of that? All you need to do is text the word SHOW to 33777. You'll get the annual subscription with a 15% discount to my daily email. You'll get the stack of stuff, the links to the show notes, discounts to the conference, and so much more. All you have to do is text the word SHOW, S-H-O-W, to 33777. Text SHOW to 33777. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Well, Punxsutawney Phil has seen or has not seen his shadow. He says spring's coming early. I'm fine with that. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Today is the day. Rest in peace. Bill de Blasio killed the Staten Island Groundhog. <laughs> Y'all remember this? And he was mayor of New York. He, the, the, the groundhog went nuts and he dropped it and killed the groundhog. <laughs> Explains the winter of discontent in New York ever since. Cursed to be in perpetual winter. Uh, <laughs> economic winter in New York. Yes, why do we pay attention to a groundhog? My wife, I will have you know. Pays attention to General Beauregard Lee, the the southern version in Georgia of, of Beauregard Lee, and, and our principal at our our kids' school is from Pennsylvania. And this morning at seven thirty, I woke up to uh, our school principal heckling my wife in text message about the uh, Punxsutawney Phil's legitimacy and the illegitimacy of the of the Georgia version. <laughs> It's great to have that good a relationship with the principal at the kids' school that I could wake up to him harassing my wife about a stupid groundhog. But, you know, I do kind of believe the groundhog is more accurate than the National Weather Service. <laughs> all right. Um, I, I got I, I to gotta move on to other stuff. But before I do, I got to play all this amazing audio. I meant to play it um, in the last hour. Uh, this is from CNN. This happened this morning. Uh, and it is uh, Erica Hill. They played some audio from uh, Kathy Huckel, the governor of uh, New York, who is demanding the immediate deportation of the individuals who beat up the police officers. It, it was quite insane. It, it's an organized gang, and they beat up the police officers. Get them all and send them back. You don't, you don't touch our police officers. You don't touch anybody. Thank you, everybody. And, and so they're they're interviewing uh, John Miller, who is CNN's law enforcement analyst. Erica Hill is the morning anchor, and you gotta you gotta listen to this. In particular, at the end of the exchange, the silence. Listen for the silence at the end. I mean, we're hearing a change when it comes to immigration in general from President Biden on down. Do you hear her talk about that? 
it is also directly related to the fact that these were police officers. Does that have any impact? Does that change anything? Well, it's so complicated because, you know, you're a New Yorker. You move through the city every day as I do. We see these people. We touch these people. They're out looking for work. They're delivering our food. They're at the gas stations and the car wash. Uh, I mean, these are people who came in waves, you know, 170,000 probably to New York City. Um, but within that group, this hardworking, you know, throngs of people in search of hope and a better life, there is this one percenter, you know, criminal element that looks at a different opportunity here. These individuals, I went over their rap sheets yesterday, mm -hmm. multiple charges, grand larceny, robbery, attempted robbery, grand larceny, grand larceny. Uh, this particular crew operated on mopeds and scooters. They were doing organized retail theft. They were doing snatches on the street, iPhones, iPads, clothing, so on and so forth. Um, one of them that they are still seeking has 10 charges on one day because he's part of a pattern that's been going on. And I'm looking at the dates that their arrest started, which is probably close to when they got here. They've only been here a couple of months. So what the detectives are telling me is they have crews here that operate in New York do all their stealing, then go to Florida to spend the money and then come back. And I'm like, well, why don't they just stay and steal in Florida? And they said, because there you go to jail. Oh. oh. Great point. Keep <laughs> the silence at the end. In Florida, they go to jail so they don't stay. And, and absolute silence. There's breaking news. It is happening right now. Uh, and it is the Biden administration has begun launching... Um, its efforts in Iran, according to U.S. defense officials, several B-1B Lancer heavy bombers are currently en route towards the Middle East on a combat strike mission alongside KC-135 aerial refueling tankers from RAF Lockenheath in the U.K. will accompany the bombers for their transit towards U.S. Central Command's area of responsibility. Friends, we are run in this country at our Defense Department by men on a perpetual short bus. I need to set the timeline for you, courtesy of my friend John Hassan. Yesterday, the Biden administration said it would hit Iranian forces in Iraq and Syria, quote, in the next few days. This morning, uh, Iraqi officials confirmed, this is a direct quote, militants have evacuated their headquarters and moved weapons ahead of the U.S. strikes. An hour ago, the Biden administration said attacks were imminent, and now they are noting that B-1 bombers are en route. This has all the surprise of a child playing hide-and-seek, laughing the whole time that you can't find them. This is a clown show. This is literally breaking news that the Defense Department is announcing the bombers are en route. Not that they have bombed, but that they are en route to bomb. This is confirmed by the BBC. This is confirmed by the Business Insider. This is confirmed by the uh, OS uh, in Open Source Intelligence Monitor that the administration is announcing the bombers are en route to bomb, having told the positions that they were going to bomb, and Iraqi officials are confirming to the BBC and to NBC News that militants have evacuated the headquarters and moved their weapons in anticipation of strikes 
a senior Iraqi official tells NBC News. This isn't an attack. This is Kabuki theater. This is the this is maddening. This this is this is not defending our national security. We are led by a bunch of moral midgets who are just dumb. And I don't actually think they're dumb. I I think they're compromised. I, I think they're compromised. If you will recall, several months ago, there was a major story about how compromised the Biden administration is with agents and sympathizers to Iran including one of the top chiefs of staff inside the Defense Department, uh, it has entangling ties to Iran. So let me find this for you. Chief of Staff, Defense Department, Iran ties. Um, is the, the chief of staff or, yes, um, the Pentagon avoids addressing concerns about Ariane Tabatabi who serves as the Chief of Staff for the Assistant Secretary of Defense for Special Operations. There was a massive report out that showed ties between her and the Iranians. Now, follow along with this. We know that the Biden administration has been compromised by individuals with close ties to Iran. So Iranian proxies attack the United States and kill three soldiers. The White House says, well, Iran is not directly responsible for its proxies and does not control them. Then announces that in the next few days, they will begin attacking positions in Iraq and Syria. Unsurprisingly, Iraqi officials confirmed to NBC News that uh, the Iranians have evacuated their headquarters and moved their weapons, ironically somehow knowing where we were going to attack. The Biden administration then announces today, an hour ago, that the planes had left the UK to begin the bombings. How much head start do we want to give the militants? This is impeachable malfeasance. This is impeachable malfeasance by the president. This is impeachable malfeasance by the secretary of defense. Think about this. I I, I need you, and, and, and Philip, I want you to do this. I, I, I need you to find this clip. I'm going to wave my hand in the camera so you know this is where to cut and then to begin this part. We, the United States, have given the Iranian terrorists more notice of where we are going to bomb and when we are going to bomb and how we are going to bomb than the Secretary of Defense of the United States of America gave any of us notice that he was going under the knife and would be under anesthesia. The Secretary of Defense and Pentagon have treated the Iranians more openly and transparently about how we're going to attack them than the Secretary of Defense treated the American public on his surgeries for cancer and his hospitalization. 
This is the wild, strange clown show dynamic of, of Lloyd Austin, the Defense Department, and the President of the United States, that we've been more open and transparent with Iran about where we're going to attack, when we're going to attack, how we're going to attack. And by the way, in an hour, the attacks will begin. Then Lloyd Austin told the President, the Congress, the Chiefs of Staff, his assistant, or the American public, that he was going to disappear for a few weeks and be in the hospital. This is entirely screwed up. This is impeachable. This is malfeasance on the part of the president and the secretary of defense. They have literally announced that the bombers have left the UK. It's very easy to do the math on how fast it's going to take them to get there to launch the bombs to give the Iranians a head start to get out of the way. You know what this is going to do? It's going to get a lot more Americans killed. That's what it's going to do. Abs- this, this, is, this is infuriating. This is why November matters. This is why November matters. As much as I don't like the choices, Donald Trump never gave notice for Soleimani. As much as I don't like the choices in November and as much as it pains me to even have to contemplate these choices in November, Donald Trump never gave notice to Iran that we were going to kill Qasem Soleimani. We just killed him. And Joe Biden has given Iran multiple days of notice that we were going to attack them after they killed American soldiers and even on the day of the attack, informed the whole world that the bombers had taken off from the UK to make sure Iran has ample time to get its soldiers, operatives, militants, and advisors and their weapons out of harm's way before we blow them up. Do you want a president who takes out the bad guys without giving them a heads up? Or a president who ensures they have such ample heads up that we can't actually take them out? That's a pretty clear striking choice in this election between Trump and Biden. This is just, my goodness, mind-blowing to me that this is where we have, good good gracious, this is a clown show. This is a clown show of pacifists who believe that America leads from behind and that America should just be one of a, a, a 198 nations or however many they are and that somehow, somehow the wokes have decided because we're colonizer oppressors that we need to give a heads up to the murderers and monsters of Iran because, you know, they're not actually the bad guys. We are, according to the worldview of the people who lead this administration. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I, I, I have to admit to you guys, I, I, I'm really hoping that uh, the Biden administration is telegraphing all of this stuff to Iran and is actually looking at where the militants have gone and they're going to hit there instead. But I just don't have faith in this administration that they're doing that. I mean, it would be clever. You tell them we're coming for you and here's what we're going to target. And you have drones in the air spying on them and satellites spying on them. 
to see where they actually wind up going, and that's where we target. I just don't think that this administration is capable of being that clever. Uh, I just this is this is just bizarre. Uh, Arthur, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. How are you? Great. Um, my thought was, is it possible they want to just make the Friday news cycle, and if they waited too much longer, it'd get buried at the end of the day? Uh, you know, that, that that could very well be. Or, in fact, they're, they're trying to wait for it to get buried because there's not going to be much impact on it. Um, although I, I do think because the situation is coming. So the way the Sunday shows work is they plan their shows out so that their shows are kind of scheduled and everyone is booked by Thursday. And I suspect that they were already going to be talking about this story. So now there's something else to add to the Sunday shows on it as opposed to a complete pivot. But, I mean, this just looks like a very impotent response by the administration. And again, maybe they're pulling the wool over all of our eyes. Maybe this is the real PSYOP, not Taylor Swift, that they are uh, telling the Iranians we're coming for you and they're watching to see where all the militants move and that's where we wind up bombing. And, and if so, God bless them. I mean, I, I would I would like to think that the Biden administration was clever. If the Biden administration were clever, they would do everything they've done to the Iranians. They would tell them we're coming, we're going to bomb in uh, Iraq, and we're going to bomb in Syria. We're going to bomb your militant proxies who carried out the attacks, and the attack's coming in a few days. And then we would watch the Iranians and their operatives through our drones and satellites pack up and vacate the premises, and we would follow them to their new location, and that's where we would bomb. We've given them a heads up today. The bombers are coming. They're en route. We know the attack is coming. Iraqi officials have confirmed to NBC News that all the militants and their hardware has been packed up and moved to new locations. It would be fantastic if what we actually are doing is bombing those new locations. But I don't know that this administration would be clever enough to do that. I, I don't know that they would. I hope they would. I really hope that's what they're doing because otherwise it's absurd they're given that much notice. But it's crazy that they're telegraphing this much to the Iranians. The Secretary of Defense would telegraph this much to the Iranians, and he's giving them more notice than he ever gave us about himself being in the hospital. Just the whole thing is bizarre. You know, Americans for Prosperity is fighting against the Biden administration and its energy policies. Now that they want to ban export of liquid natural gas, it has a direct negative impact on the American economy. It enriches the Russians. It enriches the Qataris, who are not our friends. It's bizarre that they would do it. God bless Americans for Prosperity for standing up against it and fighting back. They want you in the fight with them. They've got over 4 million activists fighting. You can go to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric today and sign up to be an activist with Americans for Prosperity. They give you the tips, the tools, the knowledge, the information to be an effective activist, to make the case for free markets and free people, to make the case against the insanity of the Biden administration. They actually show you just how bad the policies are so that you can easily explain it to people who might actually think there's a good reason for doing what they're doing. They make you highly effective. They're organized in all the states. Americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Go sign up with them. There are people in your state right now who could use your help. Americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Become the best conservative activist you can possibly be. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome. It is Open Line Friday here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Let's go talk to Tony. Welcome to the show. How are you? Tony? Yes. Hey, Eric. Hi there. I wanted to make it, I, I'm very happy that you took the call. I wanted to comment that the administration that we have in place now have people showing up at zero dark 30 to arrest peaceful protesters at abortion clinics. Mm-hmm. And now we're telegraphing our intentions in the Mideast. Now, your uh, recent comments about it being uh, a um, jujitsu, that's the best case scenario. And I hope that's the case, but I fear it's not. Yeah, I, I, I got to be honest with you. I, I do, too. I, I don't I don't think they're clever enough to do that. Um, it would be nice if they were, but I seriously doubt it. Um, and, I, and maybe we'll all get surprised that they have some level of competence in doing this. But given the track record, I'm not. In, and you're right. They, they'll kick in the front door of a pro-life family in the middle of the night and, and haul them out in handcuffs at gunpoint. Um, but with illegals, they, they put them up in hotels. Uh, including the the ones who who beat up the cops, they they let them out of jail. That's the most bizarre thing. They they literally Alvin Bragg's New York City, let them out of prison. They wants to throw Donald Trump in jail in New York for uh, a made up campaign finance violation that's never been prosecuted in the history of the United States, and yet they're letting these guys who beat up cops out of jail. It, it's the screwed up priorities of the progressive left. John, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show, John. How are you? I'm fine. How are you today, Eric? Great. What's going Eric, on? In, in your admonition of uh, Biden and also uh, uh, the Secretary of Defense, uh, you left out one layer there of people to talk about, and that's the upper echelon of the military. If you remember, during the craziness of <clears throat> the Biden and uh, Trump election, uh, the, the media was saying, oh, uh, Trump is going to create a war. He's going to do something with China. He's going to attack China. Milley, the General Milley, who was the Joint Chief of Staff at that time, <coughs> called the, his counterpart in China and told him that we were not going to attack and that if we were, he would call him and tell him. Now, that's pretty crazy in, in my mind. And the, the upper echelon in the military now is teaching in the military academies a lot of this woke stuff. Mm-hmm. And right, I heard the other day that they were they were one of the major uh, emphasis in the military academies is the proper pronoun. Mm-hmm. So please include the upper echelon of the military. And I hate that because I was in the Marine Corps, love the Marine Corps. But if this is what we've gotten to, we're in real trouble. It really is. Uh, yeah, the, the the entire American military is being trained instead to um, attack culture instead of attack the enemy. It's it's this is what happens when progressives get in charge. This this is what happens. Um, it's just deeply disturbing to see. Now, 
The phone number is 877-973-7425. I, I want to talk about something else here that we'll get back on schedule. We'll get back to the stuff that I was going to talk about in the show today. Um, and, and part of this is it's the most startling economic data from a liberal. If you listen to uh, liberals fret about the economy, if you listen to progressives who complain about things in the state of the world, inevitably the wealth gap comes up, that the gap between the richest and poorest Americans continues to grow. And they blame a lot of things. They they blame uh, the billionaires. They blame uh, the Fortune 500. Uh, they blame Republican laissez-faire free market economics. They never blame government. They never blame the interventions of government. Um, but there is a growing body of evidence, and a liberal economist uh, named uh, Melissa Kearney has written a book, a liberal economist. But there, there's a lot of other research about this as well. Do you know the number one universal factor that explains the wealth gap between the rich and the poor in America? You're probably not going to guess it. It's not education. I actually thought it was education. I thought it was education. It's not education. Uh, it is not inherited wealth to a degree. There's a caveat there, but it's not really inherited wealth. It, it's, it is not education. It's not geographic location. It is, I mean, you, you, you pick the factors. Do you, do you know that the number, the number one explanation the most consistent, and by the way, it's consistent across nations. Whether or not someone has a mom and dad in the house, marriage. If you want to explain the income gap, the wealth gap, in this country or in any country in Europe, It's marriage. Marriage, the two-parent nuclear household, is the defining answer for the wealth gap. This is from uh, Justin Vassallo at the Liberal Patriot writing about this uh, Melissa Kearney book. The surge in economic inequality since the 1980s has led to an explosion of anxious commentary over the last decade. Once minimized or rationalized as the price of market dynamism by mainstream economists, the effects of this inequality are now impossible to ignore. From the decimation of manufacturing towns and deaths of despair to the national housing crisis and stubborn intergenerational poverty, too many working Americans have seen their life chances wither and vanish. But while trenchant critiques of Wall Street and globalization have underscored the hardships suffered by the working class, particularly the acute impact of trade shocks on men without college degrees, most analysts have neglected the corresponding rise in low-income, single-parent households in the same period. Affluent, college-educated, two-parent families have continued to pull ahead. While there has been a marked increase in the percentage of families headed by less educated single moms, many of whom struggle to secure the resources their children need to thrive, faced with this trend, many progressives might still ask, does family structure really matter 
for how we approach inequality and poverty. In her new book, The Two-Parent Privilege, How Americans Stopped Getting Married and Started Falling Behind, economist Melissa Kearney takes an unflinching look at how the fragmentation of the ordinary American life is, in fact, both an overlooked dimension and driver of modern inequality. It is not only that lacking two parents makes it harder for some kids to go to college and lead a comfortable life, Kearney contends. In the aggregate, it also undermines social mobility and perpetuates inequality across generations, backed by abundant data. Kearney argues the collapse of marriage is a social as a social institution among lower-income families has compounded the demographic consequences of stagnant wages and the loss of steady employment in many sectors and regions. This phenomenon is inextricable from the education gap, the geographic narrowing of economic opportunities and policy decisions that have reinforced the advantages of the already well-off. Her work is an important intervention, not least because she's a prominent liberal economist affiliated with the Brookings Institute. Our unending culture wars have made it difficult for progressives to talk openly about the highly stratified nature of the decline in two-parent homes and its implications for development and social cohesion. And this unease is accentuated by the complexity of the problems at hand. As Kearney stresses, the decline in marriage among the less educated and low income is not something that can be solved through simplistic pro-marriage rhetoric or the anachronistic initiatives favored by social conservatives. In fact, the interlaced social problems exacerbated by failing marriage rates have become entrenched over time. Poor, unsafe neighborhoods, budget-constrained public schools, single moms bereft from social networks, good wages, child support payments, absentee fathers, the dearth of marriageable men, addiction, boys deprived of sound role models. A vicious cycle has grown. Now, here's the interesting thing about this data. And again, from a liberal economist, the pattern works in every country you look at, which makes it seemingly... More true, there are countries that have uh, higher, stronger, better social safety nets for single parents. There are countries that have more integration of society for uh, the poor who aren't married and have kids. There are lots of social safety nets in other countries that the United States does not have. Uh, but in every one of these countries, you see the same pattern, that um, it is one-parent families are the ones falling behind. And it does begin a sick, sick cycle that is harder and harder to get out of. And government, by the way, is is not really a solution here. Uh, government um, plays to the social safety net and, and helps the single mom and the like, but but it, it's hard for people to get out of the situation. So this is where I make the pivot. Do you know a solution? Churches. If you're secular, if you're not a person of faith, uh, one of the issues that we're dealing with in the country is post-Christian society. Now, I'm not talking about this as someone who's an evangelical. I'm not talking about this as someone who's in seminary. I'm talking about someone who's just studied the data. In this country... Really, up until the 1970s, churches in the country filled a gap where there was no government for social services, taking care of the widows, the orphans, the poor, the refugees. As government social safety nets and welfare spending expanded into that sphere, churches retreated. 
and churches have been dividing culturally over time between the, the progressive and, and conservative churches, between evangelicals and mainline churches, and the social gospel of the left-wing churches may feed the body but not the soul. The evangelicalism of the right-wing churches feeds the soul and not the body, and in the middle are a bunch of people who have fallen out of church life and don't have that community. And it is vitally important for the civic institutions of the United States to have strong church networks. It, it just is. I mean, go back to what to de Tocqueville was writing about in, in American society and the things he deserved about a democracy in America. There, there was this uh, church life, civic life in America that w- was surrounded by these cultural institutions like the church that we don't really have robustly anymore. You know, people talk about divorce culture in America, and they say Christians divorce at the same rate as everyone else. It's not actually true. It's not actually true. Self-identified Christians divorce at the same rate as everybody else in the country. But the ones who are regularly in church are the least likely to divorce. Just think about this for, for just a minute here. Um, we're not talking about self-identified people of faith. We're talking about the people who actually go to church on a regular basis. They have lower suicide rates, higher rates of long-term living. They have higher marriage rates, higher education rates, higher intergenerational wealth, all of these things. And we're talking poor churches as well. We're not, we're not talking the big mega churches of America. We're talking the poor churches in America, the, the poor churches, the 50, 60-person church in rural America, the people, the two-parent nuclear household families that go to that church regularly, they're more likely to stay together. They're more likely to build intergenerational wealth. Their children are more likely to go to college. They tend to be happier. They tend to have lower suicide rates. We're talking poor rural churches in America. When you look at demographically the people around them, they exceed them in every metric. You go into urban areas in the country with churches, same thing. The regular churchgoers, and you can, by the way, add in mosques, synagogues, and temples. The people who participate in regular organized religion across faiths outperform everybody else. They have less divorce. They have more social cohesion, more social cultural involvement. Their children tend to go to college more. They tend to generate more generational wealth. And we're talking about uh, the people who make $50,000 a year compared to the people who make $50,000 a year outside the church who don't go to church and the people who make $500,000 a year who are in church versus the $500,000 a year people outside the church. It is a common denominator of social structural building in the country and so many people have fallen out of the church and fallen out of faith. This stuff actually does matter for the nation as a whole, regardless of where you stand on the issue, it is clear that two-parent nuclear households are a way to build intergenerational wealth transfers, and particularly people who commit themselves to a faith ideology, not a political, but a faith ideology, outperform everybody else. And as all this stuff has fallen by the wayside, guess what? Society's begun to collapse. And if you want the marker to know it's not just us, the same pattern fits every Western country. It is remarkable. You know what? Parents matter, and so does faith. Turns out Western civilization, without it, isn't much of a civilization after all. Now, let's move on, but it's somewhat related to this. You know, that there is this growing, creeping, hostile culture uh, out there uh, for you, me, people of faith, 
people who support our our liberties in this country. That's where Old Glory Bank comes in. I've got bank accounts there, and uh, it's a great bank. You can even, at about 85,000 retail locations around the country, you can deposit cash, and it'll get transmitted into your bank account because you're not going to have a physical bank from Old Glory outside Oklahoma, but uh, they're expanding, and they're, they're, they've got no fees on their account. So I've got my kids set up with their accounts at Old Glory, and there's no monthly fee for their checking and savings accounts, and they're getting great interest rates. It just is remarkable how great of a bank it is. You can get home loans, VA, conventional FHA loans, and you get no fees. they got on, great online banking, by the way. They, they've got great budgeting software. They've got great bill pay software. It's just remarkable. It was started by John Rich, Ben Carson, Larry Elder, and a bunch of conservative bankers who realized the debanking trends in the country were getting serious. You could open an account in less than eight minutes at oldglorybank.com. Oldglorybank.com. Terms and conditions apply. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. It is my bank, and they're great. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, I guess I gotta, I, I, I gotta get some recipes written down for y'all. I've been experimenting. Um, I'll get some. Okay. The phone number here is an open line Friday, 877-973-7425. There's some good news out there. The U.S. economy... Uh, added 353,000 jobs in January, much better than expected. Non-farm payrolls expanded by 353,000 for the month, better than the Dow Jones estimate. The unemployment rate held at 3.7%. Average hourly earnings increased uh, six-tenths of a percent. Year-over-year basis, wages jumped 4.5%, but there's a catch. Um, people are working fewer hours, which makes the earnings per hour look better, and that's a problem. Uh, there's also uh, more and more banks going wobbly. By the way, there's some breaking news. We'll get to it on the way back. Um, the Fonnie Willis, the prosecutor in Georgia, has admitted in court a relationship. Um, and, oof, that's that's going to be interesting. Um Interesting. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.